Voice in the Wilderness, Internet Radio. Enlightening the world every week. It's not just knowing about the doctrine in the Bible. That is not what we stand for here. Streaming powerful, biblically-based messages live down the This congregation may never be gathered together again as we see it. Voice in the Wilderness, Internet Radio. Enlightening the world every week. Good evening. Welcome to Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio. We are streaming live on the internet from London. This show is dedicated to God through our Lord Jesus Christ. On tonight's show, we will have the third of a four-part series called The Signs of the Times. We will be studying what the Bible teaches about current events. Our guest speaker is based in Maryland, the United States of America. More about our guests after you've had some music. This is my father's world and to my listening ears all nature sings and rises This is my Father's world I rest me in the thought Of rocks and trees, of skies and seas His hand the Seems oft 
Signs of the Times. We will have the third of our four-part series discussing current events tonight with Elder Ray DiCarlo of Emmanuel Missionary Institute. EMI was established in 1992 by Elder Ray and his wife, Sister Judy DiCarlo. They have an educational ministry dedicated to the proclamation of the everlasting gospel of Revelation chapter 14, verses 6 to 12. For the last 30 years, EMI has been involved in teaching, evangelism, and literature distribution throughout the world. Let's now call Elder Ricardo and see if it's available. Hello? Hello. Good evening, Elder Ricardo. You are live on Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio. How are you and Sister Judy this evening? Fine, thank you, John. Praise the Lord. Glad to hear so. Elder Ricardo, tonight we begin the third of our four-part series, looking at the signs of the times that we are living in. We are using Matthew chapter 24 as a basis for this series. During last week's radio broadcast, we looked at Matthew chapter 24, verse 6, where Jesus mentions that we shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. As we studied the scriptures and historical events, we came to the conclusion that since its rise into power, the Roman Catholic Church has had either a direct or indirect influence upon all the major wars and political events in this world. We looked at how the papacy historically has had an influence in Ukraine, both religiously and politically, and how the war between Ukraine and Russia is not just a political one. We saw that this was just what Jesus had predicted about this antichrist system of religion, headed by the man of sin, the Pope, and is a sign of the times. So listeners, we pray that these radio broadcasts will not only be a means of clarifying certain issues that may be at the back of your mind, wondering why they are happening, who is behind them, and when they are going to end, 
We pray that these radio broadcasts will strengthen your faith in God's word as the only reliable source of news and strength and that they will help you to prepare to meet Jesus at his second coming in peace. So we will be looking this week at how the threat to God's people's liberty of conscience and how persecution towards God's people for standing up for the truth are some of the other major signs of the times that Jesus tells us to look out for. So, Elder DiCarlo, shall we have a word of prayer to open our discussion this evening? Absolutely. Our Father in heaven, once again, we come before you with uh, thankful hearts to know that we are petitioning the throne of grace at this time and that you are the God of the universe, that uh, nothing can be done that uh, it will thwart in any way your will. We do thank you, Lord, that you are in control and that uh, we as your children can look to you for guidance and protection. Now, as we commence our study, please bless us. Help us, Lord, to have an open heart and mind, not only to understand, but more importantly, to obey what you have clearly revealed in your word. So please give us your grace. Bless us now at this time. We do thank you for all, and we cast all our cares upon you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As we start our study this week, listeners, let us remind ourselves, where do we first find this subject, the signs of the times? Where does it originate from? We read in the book of Matthew chapter 16 and verses 1 to 3. The Pharisees also with the Sadducees came and and tempting, desiring him that he would show them a sign from heaven. He answered and said unto them, When it is evening, you say, it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and lowering. O ye hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky, but can you not discern the signs of the times? And so we see from the Bible that the signs of the times is a subject that comes from Jesus himself. It is a subject of heavenly origin. So now, listeners, we're moving on through the book of Matthew chapter 24. So let's now read verses 7 to 8. The Bible reads, For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Now before I bring Elder Ricardo in this evening, I'd just like to read a few more verses in the Bible about sorrows. We read in the book of Psalms chapter 16 and verse 4, It says, their sorrows shall be multiplied that hastened after another God. Their drink offerings of blood will I not offer, nor take up their names into my lips. So we see the Bible explains to us that people's sorrows are multiplied when they hasten after another God. That means another God and the God of heaven, another God than Jesus, than the Father and the Holy Ghost. We read in the book of Psalms, chapter 32 and verse 10, Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, that he that trusteth in the Lord mercy compass him about. Again we see whose sorrows shall be multiplied unto, the wicked. 
And we read in the book of Isaiah, chapter 53 and verse 4, about the Messiah. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. So the Bible makes it plain that sorrows come when we hasten after another God than the true God, and that in essence sorrows really come from wickedness. So Aldo Di Carlo, what would you like to share with us, with our listening audience, about this Bible text in Matthew 24, verses 7 and 8? Well, when you look at these uh, verses, obviously Jesus is is continuing on, at least to some extent, regarding the nature of the conflict that he re- made reference to, obviously, in verse 6. Yes. But in this case, uh, it's not, the war is very fascinating. Nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. Let's just stop right there. In this particular case, what you have is not just a nation, you know, um, uh, you know, like uh, you know, France against Germany or or Russia against America or something of this nature. Though that's included, no question about that. Yes. But what's interesting is you have a much broader implication because here it says nation against nation, then kingdom against kingdom. Now that really takes you even further in the concept because a kingdom may, may be made up of several nations who've consolidated together based on perhaps maybe an economic policy or perhaps uh, some ideological position they hold together culturally or whatever the case may be uh, but the thing is you're, you're looking at something much different now the nature of war isn't just going to be over one nation versus another nation but uh, basically a per- perhaps a, a number of nations consolidating together uh, fighting over an ideology that they have embraced. And so yes. you may have a number of nations against another series of nations, and they're contending over ideologies, over certain concepts and ideas. For example, communism, communism versus yes. uh, versus uh, perhaps republicanism or democracy, things of this nature, socialism versus capitalism. So there, there. The issue what Jesus is saying is that you, you're going from uh, the typical concept of wars that have been waging on for th- thousands of years, and generally speaking, it tends to be if you go back even in the Bible times, as tribe one tribe versus another tribe, or one group of segment of society against another segment of society. Yes. Uh, but as time goes on, this develops even further and broader. Uh, where you have a nation going against another nation. And then, of course, as time goes on, and then it, 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 it encompasses far broader than that. Now you have kingdom against kingdom. And so now you have something much broader. For example, if you look for in the last uh, even 1,000 to 1,500 years, yes. if you look back in the days of Martin Luther, the Reformation, what we had was kingdom against kingdom. You had Catholicism. And you had Protestantism, and there were wars waged in Europe. And, of course, I don't need to remind your listening audience, John, especially those in England, yes. uh, over this very issue. I mean, England is drenched at the record of blood of those who have gone before who have tenaciously held on to the gospel truth against a kingdom who has, who has oppressed, who has oppressed 
uh, people uh, merely for the fact that they wish to exercise their conscience as they believe God directing them. Yes. And so, so, so Europe and England is is a prime example. Uh, where you have that concept of nations uh, coming together and then embracing a certain ideology, a philosophy, and then waging war as a kingdom against another series of countries who have embraced an opposite view, and now you have kingdom against kingdom. And today, when you look at what's taking place, you, you're you seeing things built up, like, like we talked about last week. Yes. When you look at the, 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 the issue with Ukraine, uh, Ukraine is 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 the uh, uh, is the catalyst. There's no question. It, it's the means by which this this whole thing has been generated. However, however, there's much much more to the story, as we have indicated last week. So you're seeing, for example, a a, a coalition being formed. For example, we know if people just would pay attention uh, by doing a little research, not listening to the international media per se, because most of them are blatantly propagandists. They're not telling the people the truth. They have an agenda. They are simply the um, the mouthpiece for the the establishment in order to keep the status quo and and to prevent the people from waking up to the reality of the true condition that exists around them. Mm. So it's like morphine. It just numbs you until the point where you're dead. Um, and, and so what you're seeing is if you just do a little research, you're seeing already now countries like Russia with China, India, and some Saudi Arabia and other Middle Eastern countries, they're coming together and they're actually uh, talking about, and in some cases I have already done so, abandoning the U.S. dollar as the standard by which they're now going to use as an economic basis for, for, for wealth. Yes. And so this, this is major, major implications. I mean, this is unbelievable. And then, of course, you have countries like America, Great Britain, and others who are, who are not abandoning the U.S. dollar. That is the basis of their currency, meaning in terms of how they're going to evaluate the, the economic um, uh, structure uh, of their wealth. And the reason being, let me just help our listening audience understand something. Why is this so devastating? Because if the world, n- nations of the world, move away from the U.S. currency, the U.S. dollar, as the basis upon which they're now going to uh, uh, accumulate their wealth or base their their, their whole uh, you know, uh, concept of uh, buying and selling, trading, yes. exporting, and so forth, the, the, you have to realize that the Wall Street, the, interna- the, the, uh, the, the banking system, uh, the International Monetary Fund, the World Economic Forum, et cetera, et cetera, is all built on the U.S. dollar. Now, if you understand uh, the, the the Federal Reserve and the world banking system, it is what is called – now, they're not going to say this. Uh, they don't want you to know this. But the entire system is a Ponzi scheme. Yes. As long as the money keeps flowing in, they can keep this con game going. See, a Ponzi scheme is you need more coming in. Than go than going out because the thing is, as long as the money keeps rolling in, you can dole out all the money you want. Yes. But the but once once the money stops going in, right? You you start to cut the choke, as they say. You choke the hold on the money in the inflow of money. Well, the problem is 
now you've dried up the source to keep the con game going. You can't you can't keep it going now. So which what what, what what's the end result? Well, the end result is that the the, uh, the the entire system goes belly up. Well, if the entire system goes belly up, that means all the economic countries of the world, or excuse me, all countries of the world who built their economic system based on that Ponzi scheme, they go down as well. Yes. So, so this is very serious. People don't have any idea. This is one of the reasons why they want to go to a digital currency. And I don't need to remind your listening audience, John, particularly in the UK, yes. your country's already implementing it. Yes. And uh, they're already on the verge of pulling this thing off in, in your country. And when that actually go- comes into play, you will see such a a stranglehold on people's on the people's uh, personal funds. Uh, they'll tell you how much you can take out, when you can take it out. They're going to tell you, even depending on how they want to implement the policy, what you can buy and what you cannot buy. Uh, they can stop purchases at any moment in time. You cannot uh, barter. You have nothing with which to barter with. Um, and I and I tell you, people don't realize the implications. When Revelation 13 makes it very clear, no man can buy or sell. Yes. Jesus Jesus Christ wasn't kidding. Yes. And so when you look kingdom against kingdom, all of this comes into play. All of it comes into play. The problem is, John, that here's the big problem. We don't have enough preachers preaching this message. That's the problem. The churches are in a utter state of ignorance. And again, I want to just be fair even to the ministers to some extent, though they are in a, to a great degree guilty of the sin of negligence. I am sorry, but that many of those who claim to be pastors and ministers of the flock of God are, in my opinion, nothing more than precisely what Jesus declared them to be and what Jeremiah and Isaiah and many and Ezekiel, other prophets have declared them to be. They are, in the words of Jesus, wolves in sheep's clothing. Yes. Okay, so I'm, that, those are the words of our blessed Lord. I'll leave it with that. However, however, look, in the final analysis, if we are in a state of ignorance regarding the things with which Jesus Christ and the prophets have foretold, it is because fundamentally we are to blame. Let me explain. Look. You and I have to get up and get busy and study the likes of which we've never studied before yes. in the late hour in which we live. This is not the time to placate to our sinful desires. This is not the time with which we are to lay, lay back and act as if, well, tomorrow shall always be. There's coming a day sooner than I think than we, we can imagine where, where we will see an escalation of events and, and we will see things happen at a very rapid pace. Yes. Uh, and when this kicks in, and it hasn't kicked in yet, it hasn't kicked in yet. But as you keep reading the scriptures of Matthew 24, it will. And when it does, it's like, John, when the bottom drops. When the bottom drops, nothing can save it. Yes. And so I am fearful that many in the church claiming to be Christians, claiming to know, oh, I know the truth, I believe the truth, and I, I am convinced in my nearly 40 years of ministry, I'm convinced that what we are witnessing is a, a famine in the land, um, not of bread, not of water, but of hearing the word of God. Yes. That the reason is because we have to cultivate the habit of feeding ourselves. Yes. We can no longer now 
um, take for granted, assume that when we go to church, we are going to be fed. And uh, and so what you're looking at here, as Jesus said, makes is very clear. You're going to see these things come to pass. It's already now unfolding before our very eyes. If we have eyes to see and ears to hear. Yes. He then goes on to say, and there should be famines, food shortages. Now, don't let me tell you, people think there's a that's a joke. Well, I got news for you. The fact that one of the reasons they're going to go to a digital currency, and and if you notice what's happening in, in, in the Dutch countries, you notice the farmers, they're trying to buy out all the lands. They're squeezing yes. out all the farmers. Uh, they're doing the same things in America and in other parts of the world. Why? What are they doing? This is artificial. This f- famine is is artificial. It is not a natural disaster. It's an artificial disaster, yes. meaning they are deliberately orchestrating this entire event. Look, what people have to understand is what's behind it. What do they really want? What is it that they are trying to achieve? Well, Revelation 13 kicks in very clearly, and so does Revelation 14 and other parts of the Bible regarding the true issue. And if you look very carefully, it clearly indicates that it's all about worship. Yes. It's coming down to the issue whereby Satan is controlling these uh, demonic uh, despots, and they are being uh, 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 guided by him and his demons to bring about the the uh, utter ruin of the human race. Now, the world and its inhabitants may not recognize the fullness of all that is entailed. They may not see what we see or understand what we understand. And that, and, I, and I get that for the most part. I understand, you know, because as I said, the churches have, are not preaching it. The, 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 the Protestant church, I put that in quotations, the Protestant churches uh, are not Protestant anymore. They're evangelical. Yes. Uh, and, and they have lost, they have lost the, the fervor of the of the uh, of men like Martin Luther and John Calvin and Knox and Zwingli and Tyndale and 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 the Lollards and we could go down the list of all the great reformers and and groups uh, of people like the Waldensians and the and the Huguenots and the Hussites and and, and so forth. Look, we've lost the 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 the, the burning desire. Although I will say this, I will say this to our listening audience. The day is coming sooner than you think when there will be a clear separation between those who serve God and those who serve him not. And to those who serve him, there will be a fire kindled in their hearts, the likes of which the world has never seen, because it will be then under the unction of the power of the Holy Spirit. They will go forth and proclaim the three angels message to a dying world. What we have to realize, John, that this is all coming into play. They're starting it right now. Pestilence. We saw that with COVID-19. And already now they're talking about another lockdown, more masks mandates. And I just read recently in the UK, they're already implementing it in some policies. In the United States, there are some hospitals already now saying you can't come in unless you're masked. So it's already coming back. And the question is why? Once again, why? Why are they doing this? Because they have an ulterior motive. There's something more to the agenda. You understand? It's not, or they're not concerned about your welfare. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ, please hear me. The political leaders of the world have never 
been concerned for your well-being. You are nothing more than a means to an end. As a matter of fact, in many cases, we are nothing more than a hindrance. We're an obstacle. This is why you have uh, former uh, heads of state and even present uh, members of the World Economic Forum and the the World Health Organization and others, Klaus Schwab and and, yes. and many others stating publicly, this is not a private issue. This is a public statement that they want to depopulate the earth. There are there are some, depending on who you listen to, the estimations range from um, uh, several hundred million people to to maybe a billion or so. Uh, but they want to eliminate basically ninety percent of the world's population. Yes. Uh, and how do you do that? How do you bring about a genocide? Well, you got to make it look like you aren't killing anybody. You have to make it appear as though you're out to help them. And so how do you do it? One of the best ways to do it is through is through a, 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 a genocidal vaccine and through a genocidal a bioweapon called the virus. Uh, so so this is what they're they're doing. This is a part of the plan. This is why yeah. they are pushing many of these issues. So so again, we see pestilence. That's already. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, this doesn't say pestilence. It says pestilences, meaning cool. more than one. There's coming more. Oh, it's coming. It's not going to stop earthquakes and diverse places and very strange incidences occurring like you find in other places in, in, in Matthew about the signs of the times and, and, and Mark and Luke and John and, 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 uh, and other parts of the Bible. You know, it talks about fires and earthquakes and so forth. Look at the strange fires happening throughout North America yes. and uh, Canada and, uh, and, uh, and look at Hawaii. Look what's going on in certain parts of Europe fires all over Italy and so forth. But why are they doing this? Why? Again, friends, look, they're trying to say, what's climate change? Climate change. Well, it's not climate change. How do you claim something is a natural disaster when we're finding out that arsonists have been been the one responsible for the most part, setting the fires and then claiming to the people they need to get ready and 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 prepare for uh, for um, uh, um, you know a a, a a a quote disaster based on on what's coming. And so what are they doing? This is another way of implementing their satanic policies of global agenda, where they want to push this false narrative of global warming. Uh, natural, you know, this is all nonsense. Again, it's fear. Upon fear, upon fear, upon fear, because what does fear do? Fear paralyzes your reasoning. Fear causes you not to rationally work through problems. And so this is all coming down to play. But notice what Jesus says, though, in verse verse 8. He says, oh, this is the beginning of sorrows. Yes. Yes. So this is just the beginning, John. Yes. You know, Elder Ricardo, well, thanks for sharing um, these facts. And I emphasize these facts to the people um, thus far. And, you know, as you were sharing these facts, I just, um, I'd like to read. That, now, this is from a book called The Desire of Ages, page 629, because um, I'd like to now take this on to a more personal level. Mm. Because. There's much more to this listeners, and you're going to hear now. Now, this is what 
Um, this is a commentary upon the verse, Matthew chapter 24, verses 7 to 8. This helps us to know in an even more broader and deeper sense as to why these things are happening. Now Christ said, as the rabbis see these signs, now this is talking about Jesus' time, after he had spoken this to the disciples, that they would declare them, this is what Jesus said, nation rises against nation, kingdom against kingdom, famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in diverse places, that the rabbis will declare them to be God's judgments upon the nations for holding in bondage his chosen people. They, the rabbis, will declare that these signs are the tokens of the advent of the Messiah. But Jesus said, be not deceived. They are the beginning of his judgments. Why? The people, the Jews, have looked to themselves. They have not repented and been converted that I should heal them. Mm. Now listen, listeners, the signs that they represent as tokens of their release from bondage are signs of their destruction. Now you know what Jesus is basically stating? That when we see these things happening around the world, we need to get ourselves right with him. Because if we don't get ourselves right with him, what we see happening is are going to be the means of our future destruction. Mm-hmm. See? And because many people, um, Elder Ricardo, they look at these things and they point about, you know, and they might study about these things and feel, oh, yes, look at all this that's happening. And it is bad what's happening, but they're not understanding the main reason why these things are happening. Mm, it's because exactly. the church has been unfaithful to its trust. Uh, now, yep, yep. yes, let me explain just briefly, listeners, now that Elder DiCarlo come in. If the church was faithful to its trust, there would be a mighty influence for good in this world that would hold mm. in check the powers of darkness. Mm. And, but because we, and I say we as the people of God, have been unfaithful to God and we've been cherishing sins and have, have, and, and have been hand in hand with the world, many of us, it's given evil a chance to flourish. And so, you see, and this was a shocking message to the disciples <coughs> at the time, because they came to realize that more their responsibility towards not only themselves as a nation, but towards the world, you see. And so, so this is really the main reason that Jesus has given this message to the church, it's because you've been unfaithful that these things are happening and if you're not careful you'll be destroyed by the things that are happening um because of your unfaithfulness so a carry on please i just wanted to just to bring in this point now as we're discussing this well you know you know you you touched on something that that we need to just focus just for a moment look we have to realize why, as you said, why is all of this taking place? Yes. Why? I mean, what we have is clearly, and, uh, you know, in Deuteronomy, I mean, I, I, I go back just for a moment, just a yeah, little sure. bit to lay some groundwork. In the book of Deuteronomy, it's we know that this is the book of the covenant, that this is the book that, that through Moses was clearly indicated to God's people, for obviously 
given to the Jewish people in the beginning, but it's the book of covenant for all of God's children, uh, whether they are Jew or Gentile, as long as they have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as the Holy Messiah and as their Savior, that book has equal force and value for us today. Yes. Okay, so it's not relegated to the past as if it's somehow no longer relevant. It's, it is 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 relevant today as it was when Moses first gave it. And if you look very carefully through that book, that book if you it could basically be divided into two concepts: the blessings of God, the cursings of God. And if you look at that whole book, he simply says this, and I'm going to basically summarize the essence of the book of Deuteronomy. He said, yeah. God says, I'm going to make a covenant with you. And God says, if you will obey me, if you will follow me, he says, this is what I will do for you. This is what I'm going to do. And he lists, and you can go through that. Matter of fact, Deuteronomy 28, he says, I'll make you the head and not the tail. Yeah. He says, if you follow me, he said, I'll make you the head, not the tail. And and so forth. But but he says, now, if you'll do this for me, uh, if you obey me, I will bless you. I'll make you the, the, the head, not the tail. And then he goes on to say, but, however, if you choose not to obey me and you persist in your rebelliousness, he says, then I will curse you. And just as he lays out in, in detail regarding the nature of the blessings that God will bestow upon his people, so he lays out in detail. The curses that God will lay out upon those who claim to be his children but have turned their back upon him. And he lays it out to a tease. Matter of fact, in Deuteronomy 28, he lays out and through through the prophet Moses prophesies yeah. of the coming destruction of Jerusalem. Uh, he lays it out and tells exactly that a, a nation will come, he says, a fierce countenance. He says, of a, a, a language you never heard of before. And he's talking about the old Latin R Roman language. Uh, that that was not known back then, and uh, and so Moses is prophesying of what is eventually going to happen to the Jewish people, only because sadly they chose not to accept Christ. They chose not to obey God yes. through through the patriarchs, through the prophets, and and through the through the through the uh, judges, and and then of course through Christ, the Holy Messiah. And so so look, these are these are. Very serious times, but how bad will it get? How how intense? Well, if you keep reading, he lays it out very clearly. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, he says yes. in verse 9, and shall kill you, and you should be hated of all nations for my name's sake. So intense will the time be when these things come to pass that people will rise up in fierce anger. Because as you said, John, you know, they're going to tr try to find some way, some means by which to cast the blame on someone else other than themselves. Yes. It's the same. It's the, it's the Elijah scenario with yes. Ahab and Jezebel, you know, uh, <laughs> when they found when they have found Elijah, Oh, you're the one who's been troubling Israel. He says, me, I'm not the one troubling Israel. It's you. You're the one because you've forsaken the commandments of the Lord. Yes. Yes. And so they don't see this. And that's why I was really thankful you brought that up. I thought, boy, he's hitting it. He hit it on the nail's head there. And, and, and so we see, we see the wicked will not face reality, even in the midst of the most horrific judgments. Yes. Many will not wake up. They yes. just won't wake up. And so they're going to rise up against the righteous. And uh, Jesus said, you'll be hated of all nations. He says, for my name's sake. 
It's nothing that you've done. It's the fact that you are obeying God and following him. How is it, John, that even among the professed religious communities, particularly Christian, they're going to come up to the point and and start blaming those who are faithful to God for all the problems that exist in this world. There's something going on. Something is going on. Remember, what's the pretext? Something behind the scene is causing it. And then he goes on to say many He says this, and then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And so now you can start to see everybody's turning on everybody. Yes. You know, as they say, John, there's no loyalty among thieves. Hmm. Uh, And that's true among the wicked. Yes. There's no loyalty among the wicked. Yes. Uh, The wicked have a a loyalty that can be summed up as uh, very simply as uh, me, myself, and I. Yes. And everything outside of that, they don't care about. And if they should manifest any element of concern for you, it's because they have an ulterior motive. Yes. And so so we see now everyone is turning on everyone. And so now the heat is really being ratcheted up. And he says, and many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. So now you can see why why would false prophets rise up at this point in time because you got to have somebody telling the people because look when there is a crisis there is always an awakening moment yes a crisis always wakens people up to some uh, uh, to some extent and this awakening element is a means by which god utilizes to his advantage to bring about a revival, a yes. reformation, you know, because when you are awakened out of your sleep, out of the slumber of your selfish, self, selfishness and sins, then it, the Bible says, awake unto, uh, unto righteousness and sin not. Yes. And so, so w- what's happening every time there's a crisis, there's an awakening, but now to prevent the people from awakening to the point whereby they escape your deception, you need someone to calm them down, which means you need a, 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 a what, what is called a handler. Right. You need someone to handle you, someone to, oh, John, now take it easy. Yes. Yeah, I mean, don't get worked up. Look, John, I agree with you. It's bad. No, it's bad, John. You're right. You're right. But, John, don't you think that you're going a little too far? Don't you think you should just calm down a little bit? You know, come on, John. I mean, look, you, I think the world of you, buddy, but I think you're just going a little too far. Yeah. So what does what what does that person doing to you? He's manipulating you. Yeah. He's trying to cause your conscience to to not awaken, not to burst free from that prison house of of deception that you are you're in. And and so he's not your friend. He's not someone who's care, care, concerned for your soul sake. Yes. So this is what's happening. False prophets arose. Look, in Jeremiah's day, when when Babylon came and took them captive and, or was actually uh, going to come back and bring back even further decept- uh, bondage, it was very interesting how Jeremiah, God told him to wear a wooden yoke around his neck. He said, I want you to take this. He said, I want you to wear a wooden yoke around my neck. He said, I want you to prophesy in my name and tell them that they will be in bondage. But But by indicating a wooden yoke, it would not be as severe. Yes, right. So God was extending his mercy and kindness. So here comes now, right? So Elijah, or excuse me, uh, Jeremiah proclaims this, this message. We have a crisis situation now. Notice the circumstances. Yes. We've got a crisis. Uh, and here comes Jeremiah. Now here comes an awakening. 
right? So now the people consciences are being awakened. What does Satan have to do? He's got to calm them down. He has to bring them to a point where they remain in their spiritual uh, death sleep. Yes. So what does he do? Here comes Hananiah. And who's Hananiah? He's a false prophet. And what does he do? He takes the wooden yoke off the neck of Jeremiah, throws it to the ground, breaks it. And he says, thus saith the Lord, in, in, in a few years, God will crush Babylon. We will be victorious, blah, 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 et cetera, right? So he blatantly lies to the people. He says, we're not going to go into captivity. Yes. Contradicts Jeremiah's message. Then Jeremiah is given another message by God. He says, listen, this time he says, I want you to go and, and make a yoke of iron. He says, I want you to wear it. And he says, I want you to go before the people and then prophesy in my name and then tell them. Thus saith the Lord, he says, the judgments that now shall come upon you will be far greater than that which was previous. He said, instead of you being in bondage to, to, to a, a yoke that would not yes. be as hard and harsh, he said, now you will feel the heat of the of, of like like the like the metal iron. It will be so hard and harsh and cold and distant on you. Yes. Yes. Because you chose not to listen to the truth. Yes. And so what? this is why you have in verse, uh, verse 11, many sh false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. They will not listen to the words of the Lord or to the preachers who are faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ and proclaiming the unadulterated truth to them. They prefer to listen to a lie. Yes. And this is the problem. And so this is what's going on. Then, then he goes on to tell you, and we, we dovetail back to, what you were saying earlier, because iniquity shall abound. This yeah. is the real root problem. Why is all of this going? John, let's be frank. Let's be honest with the people in regard to this, even within the church. And yeah. I'm sorry, we have to tell the people the truth regarding these things. Ladies and gentlemen, John and I in no way want to uh, uh, um, um, uh, do anything to unnecessarily offend anyone. Yes. But we must tell you the truth. It's because the reason we are in all of this situation is we are we love sin more than we love God. That's, that's the that's the crux of the matter. That sin is now dominated the lives of the of the of the people of this world. Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Now I'm going to just stop right here and ask you, John. Have you noticed how cold and distant people are towards each other today? Oh, yes. You know, very much so. And it's just sad. And, you know, it's just selfishness. People are just so selfish, basically. It's yeah. me and mine first, um, mm -hmm. elderly Carlo. You see, and that's what it is. Because iniquity, Psalm 28, verse 3, speaking peace to your neighbors, but mischief is in your hearts. People are scheming mm -hmm. and, you know, they're claiming to be your friend, but then they're. So rather than being straight up, they've got an ulterior motive for, for for either calling you, for either wanting something from you. There's less and less people out there that are genuinely willing to help with no right. ulterior motive. And, you know, Elder, as you were speaking, I'd just like to say to dovetail back a bit, because we've spoken about this before, but it's good to set the record again straight on this radio broadcast. God allowed COVID, this, 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 this COVID situation... <laughs> to be a trial run mm. so that we could all see where we truly stand when there's a crisis because it was the same principle about liberty of conscience 
and and about religious liberty that happened and yeah. how people behaved in that crisis is an indicator well to Aldi Di Carlo and I and others as to where we stand and where others stand yep. see because many people yep. they went into safety mode basically mm. just thinking about themselves <coughs> and doing everything and and even following the government's mandate not to do things because if they did so it would either cause a problem at work or with their friends they many people didn't think about pleasing god first they thought about pleasing themselves and that's and quite simply the reason people do that is because of sin because at the root of sin is selfishness you see if you truly love God, you'll put him first and you will not allow his, um, his laws to be restricted either in your life or anywhere else um, before anything else. And that was an indicator really primarily for the church about whether the church would stand for the rights that they are supposed to defend. And sadly, as Elder DiCardo has said many times, the church has failed. And many of us as individuals has, has failed. And listeners, Elder DiCarlo has said this before, and I'm sure he'll say it again. What's coming is going to be far worse than what we had experienced previously, you see. And, and, and it's the same as you said, because the thing was that the, the, the yoke that's going to be placed upon God's people, especially for not being faithful in that crisis, is going to be far worse the next time that we have a crisis like this and why because the church was unfaithful in its trust because individuals love iniquity more than they love righteousness and we need to look at ourselves and to really decide do we truly love god do we truly love jesus do we truly want to be saved because he's counted on us to stand up for him who else listeners Amen. you know Amen. who else is he standing upon we've, we've come into the church We've got to understand the reason why we're called to be Christians. This is a war that we're in. It's not just to, to be sitting down in, in church looking pretty, you know, and just talking about the, the, the latest preacher or about what happened in the week. You know, no, we're not called to that. We're, we're called to a much higher purpose than that. We're called to stand up for truth and righteousness and to be um, warriors for God, you see, so it's, that's what I basically like to say, you know, because this is all in line with because iniquity abounds. Because, you know, iniquity that comes through selfishness. It's about thinking about yourself first. So it's time for us to stop thinking about ourselves, our families, our children, our jobs, because Jesus sacrificed all for us. And, and the last point I'll make before I hand it on to Elder is that, as he said, there's coming a time when there's going to be a mighty movement on this planet. And those who God is going to empower to, to be in this movement are not going to be the selfish. It's not going to be those of us who just think about ourselves and our families and being comfortable in warm slippers in front of a fire and not sacrificing for Christ. There are souls that need to be saved in God's kingdom. See, And it's those who are willing to sacrifice all who are going to receive the power of the Holy Spirit to finish the work. Listeners, so let's let's take these things in 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 mind, and let's and now you see, um, I just read this. This is this is from I had this prepared from the Desire of Ages, 
Um, again, a wonderful commentary upon the life of Christ for those listeners that don't know this book. Now listen to this. This is on, on the same point, talking about Matthew chapter 24, verses 9 to 10. Now it says here, Through his servants, God gave the Jewish people a last opportunity to repent. Again, God sent his servants to preach the message like Elijah and, and Jeremiah before. He manifested himself through his witnesses in their arrest, in their trial, and in their imprisonment. So God manifested himself through his witnesses in their arrest, in their trial, and in their imprisonment. Yet their judges pronounced on them the death sentence. Now listen, listeners. These men, they were men of whom the world was not worthy. And by killing them, the Jews crucified the fresh, the Son of God. What God is saying is that these men were too good to be on this earth. You know, they've, they've tried their best to turn you in the way of righteousness, but you don't want to hear from them. You'd rather kill them than hear what they have to say. Now here, Elder DiCarlo, is, is the thing. It says here, so it will be again. The authorities will make laws to restrict religious liberty. They will assume the right that is God's alone. They will think that they can force the conscience which God alone should control. Even now they are making a beginning. This work they will continue to carry forward till they reach a boundary over which they cannot step. God will interpose in behalf of his law commandment keeping people. So all this is in harmony with what we've shared. We've got to understand what's happened before, what's happening now, and what's to come, Elder DeCarlo. Wow, that's powerful. Man, is that powerful. I don't know how, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know how any more clear you can get based on what, what uh, Brother John has just just indicated. And uh, wow, I'm not even quite sure how to follow up. It's so profound. I mean, this thing really takes you to a position where you start to really contemplate what's going on. And as you have said, John, rightly so. When you look at what's been going on the last couple of years, they've yes. already implemented uh, these things. And as you said, and I've indicated before, look, this there's no question it's, it was a dry run. Yes. No question. They're working out all the bugs, as we say, trying to tighten up the loose ends. Uh, and the next one that comes around is going to be harder than the one that came before. Uh, but I can tell you this. We, 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 I tell you, brothers and sisters, unless Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, I don't care how, how much you think you can pull yourself up, by, as we say, and, and you know, by the bootstrap, yes. you're not going to make it. I know, you know, you're just not going to make it. I'm sorry. You can try to talk to yourself all you want regarding how you're not going to, you know, I'm going to stand. I'm going to be faithful. Well, unless Jesus Christ is Lord of your life, you will never be able to withstand the mighty power that's coming against you when Satan uh, unleashes uh, everything he has. Because look, the Bible makes it clear. He knows he has but a short time. He knows it. He's not stupid. He knows full well. He knows full well. Time is now slipping through his fingers at a higher rate than ever before. And he knows what the scripture teaches regarding a lot of these things that we are talking about. There's no question about it. However, he's going to unleash everything he has in these last days. And so unless Jesus Christ is your refuge, unless he is 
the 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 all and be all of your life. Yes. Don't assume uh, that you're going to just glide right through to That's the pearly it. gates. It's just not going to happen. But uh, but very strong. But let me look. Let me let me go back a little bit to verse twelve just for a yes. moment. I want to talk about something here. You know where it talks about iniquity shall abound, then the love of many shall wax cold. You know, John. One of the things that has been puzzled me for a number of years, and 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 greatly disappointed me. Um, you know, you can expect the world. Let me just back up just for a second. Yeah, sure. There are things that the world uh, will do uh, that, though it's offensive to us, and though we don't approve of, and we realize what the true nature of the whole thing represents. In some way, we expect that. You know, we, well, we can see how someone who's outside of Jesus would lie, cheat, steal, murder, rape, etc. Not that we condone it, not that we are trying to belittle it, but we can understand it, be, uh, why it exists because the fact that they have not accepted Christ. They have turned their back on him for some uh, reason. Uh, but when when you see these very attributes, these these same characteristics uh, come from a, a group of people who claim to love Jesus, yes. who follow him. Now, that is, to me, the most bewildering of all things. Yes. And uh, I, I go. The reason I say this, uh, and I want our listening audience to understand, you know, when you look at verse twelve, iniquity shall abound. So we're going to see a ramping up of of the of sins, but also when he talks, shall abound, doesn't mean in terms of the the uh, 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 you know the multiple nature of the sin. In other words, you yes. know, one sin becomes ten, ten becomes twenty, and so forth and so on. It also talks about meaning degree. Uh, you know, some people will cheat, lie, and steal, but they they won't uh, murder. You know. Yes. However, though, you keep cheating, lying, and stealing. Inevitably, somewhere down the line, you're going to multiply the intensity of those sins, whereby you will commit acts that you would have not otherwise thought you could have committed, yes. because you have reached the point of no return. So, some people don't understand this concept, John. What you sow, you reap. Yes. And and you've got to understand that if a person continues to sow to the wind, they will reap, as the Bible says, the whirlwind. Yes. And uh, and people need to realize, you know, we say today, for example, uh, it's the basic premise of the Bible, what I just quoted. But the basic premise is we call it today blowback. In other words, you do something yes. wrong uh, to someone or some group, eventually they're going to retaliate. Yes. At some point in time, because everybody has a breaking point. And so it's called blowback. It comes back to you in greater degree with which you, you initiated it. And so he's talking about not just the number of sins that are abound, but the iniquity will get worse and yes. worse and worse and worse. We're seeing things today that are unthinkable. I, look, I'm 62, and I'm going to tell you this. I have never seen... You know, uh, a generation as corrupt as the generation I'm witnessing today. Yes, it's true. And, uh, you know, uh, I mean, it's just unthinkable. It's unthinkable, the immorality, the unthankfulness, the unholiness. And and and, and then I want to just dove 
come right into the second part. The love of many shall wax cold. Yes. Now, look, what's one of the things that bothers me is you can again expect people of the world not really caring or loving one another. Okay, not I'm not agreeing with it. I don't think it's appropriate. I think we should love and care for everyone. However, I will uh, I will I will understand what they do based on the context of the of, of their position outside of Jesus Christ. I can understand that. However, though, it is unacceptable to, uh, to me, unacceptable to me yes. to see that same type of spirit manifested among those who claim to be Christians. Yes. Uh, and let, let me explain. Look, John, today we are witnessing a callousness with which uh, I, I personally have never witnessed in my, my 62 years a, 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 towards one another. This Black people can't get along with white people. Brown people hate yellow people. Yellow people can't stand this group. Jews yes. can't stand Gentiles. Gentiles can't stand Jews. And we go down the list. And let me tell you what what, I, what is really bothered is the national media and other entities are flaming the fire they want racial tensions they want racial division they want uh, they want a civil race war that's what they want because they know that if they can pull this off that is to their advantage and so i want to say in behalf of myself i know i'm speaking with john ladies and gentlemen i know that what i'm about to say (laughs) i'm taking a little liberty brother so but I can tell you, John will agree with me. Listen to me. Don't partake of that spirit of hating yes. anybody based on their race, based on uh, on their ethnic background. I don't care what color of the skin they are. Oh, Listen, man. we've got to stop blaming everybody else for our problems. White people aren't your problem. Black people aren't your problem. Jews are not your problem. You know, uh, yellow people, brown people, they're not your problem. Yeah. Uh, and you know, if a person is evil, it's not because of the race. It's Amen. not because of their ethnic background. It's because they have an evil heart. Amen. You know, look, you know, now maybe the listening audience for the most part doesn't know who we are, John. You know, let me just clear. Look, John is of a different ethnic background than myself. Yes. And, uh, and, uh, but John and I, when we meet each other and see each other and, and fellowship with each other, and, and I stayed at his house many, many occasions, yes. we'd never – I know it doesn't reach John's mind. Doesn't, it doesn't reach my mind. I never think of John. Well, there's, there's a brown man. There's a brown you – know, I, I, it never dawns on me. Nope. It's not that I can't notice the obvious. It's that it doesn't enter the realm of how I relate to you as a friend and more importantly, as my brother in Christ. Amen. I don't care what color you are. I don't care where your ethnic background came from, comes from. I, I, you know, as a Christian, especially yes. as a Christian, especially this notion that we should now look towards each other based on a racial, uh, you know, uh, uh, quota or however you want to frame that argument is insane. Jesus Christ, through the book of Ephesians, Paul wrote, there's neither male nor female, there's neither Jew nor Gentile. Now, what are we we're talking about there? Now, I don't want to get a whole elaborate thesis on that, although one day it would be nice to discuss that. Yes. However, the basic premise is this. When we all accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are all one in Christ Jesus. Amen. 
And we are no longer, uh, you know, people say, well, this is my culture. This is my culture. Well, I can appreciate the fact that we want to uh, honor particular aspects of our culture that are beneficial for, for and, and, and virtuous and good. All right. So not everything in culture, regardless of whose culture it may be, is something to be praised. There are things in everyone's culture that is, frankly, in my opinion, antithetical to the truth of God. And therefore, we should not preserve it in any way. Anything that conflicts conflicts with the word of God, I don't care what it is, should be abandoned. And so I'm all in favor of preserving a culture or characteristics within a culture that is conducive for the overall good of mankind. That I can appreciate and love and, and endorse. However, whenever culture conflicts with the word of God, we can no longer embrace our culture over the word of God. Because as Christians, our culture no longer becomes ethnic. Our culture is Jesus Christ, Amen. it's Christianity. And, and uh, it is just appalling. And so I want to encourage all people to not part, not just don't partake, but in your own way, stand up and and do everything you can to encourage people not to be bigoted in any form of fashion towards anyone, Amen. but treat everyone with the utmost respect and treat them fairly and decently. Let me put it to you this way. You should treat everyone the way Christ has treated you. That's yes. where I'll leave that. Yes, amen. You know, Ricardo, before we have a break, I'd just like to share one Bible text for our listeners to meditate upon. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. And this, I believe, sums up all that Elder Ricardo has just said to anyone that's struggling with these sinful tendencies, especially dealing with persons of another culture, of another race. As a Christian, the Bible says here, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. All things become new. We see each other as one family. We look at character. We look for Christ's character in the individual. That's when you're a new creature in Christ. You see, everything else passes away. So, listeners, we're going to have a break for some music and then come back with some closing thoughts. He's so gentle, he's so kind. 
what could he be guilty of? Oh, how could it be a crime that he gave all his love? Now the man who saved my life has been nailed upon a cross and the joy that he made mine without him we'd all be lost oh they must not know this man called jesus if they'd known him like i do if they'd felt his gentle touch if Like me, they'll understand what it is to know this man called Jesus. Will the morning ever come and the night be left behind? Jesus is the only one who can bring the sun to shine. Now I feel just like the sky When the rain begins to start I can't stop these tears I cry From the pain that's in my heart No, they must not know this man called Jesus If they'd known him like I do gentle touch if they'd only seen the love in his eyes well I hope someday they will then like me they'll understand what it is to know this man called Jesus if they'd known him like I if they'd felt his gentle touch If they'd only seen the love in his eyes Well, I hope someday they will Then like me they'll understand What it is to know this man called Jesus it is to know this man called Jesus. What it is to know this man called Jesus. Signs of the Times. Elder DeCarlo, can you share some closing thoughts with us this evening, please? Well, you know, we've covered some very interesting things. And as we conclude uh, looking at the, uh, uh, obviously with verse 12, I want to close with verse 13. 
It says, but he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And I think that's really the crux of the matter. You know, despite the issues that may be taking place around us, and we look upon these things with saddened hearts, and we petition the throne of grace that God will enable us to be faithful and true. Let us never forget that we must endure. We must persevere. This is what the Bible calls in the book of Revelation, the patience of the saints. They endure not just the good times, obviously, but the bad times. They they continue to fight the good fight of faith, and they're not willing to capitulate. And so I want to leave our listening audience with this one thing. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, because ladies and gentlemen, we have a race to run, and it's not an issue as to who uh, enters first into the into the pearly gates. The issue is whether or not you enter there at all. And may by the grace of God, I pray, we shall all enter into the kingdom. But he who endures to the end, that's the one who will be saved. May God bless you. Amen. Let us have a closing prayer now, please, Elder DeCarlo. Once again, Father in heaven, we thank you for being so kind and patient towards us. I know that on many occasions, Lord, we have done or said things that are inappropriate. And through Christ, we ask that you will help us to rectify those wrongs, that we will repent genuinely, truly that you will bring us to our senses before it's too late. Oh, Lord, please have mercy upon us and grant us, dear God, a double portion of thy, of thy spirit. Help us, Lord, each one to fight the good fight of faith, to be the men and the women that you long for us to be. And bless us this day. Thank you once again to know that we serve a loving Savior, a wonderful God, a friend, our Father. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you for everything, for your holy Bible, the gift of prayer, the precious promises. And so in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we cast all our cares upon you now. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Elder DiCarlo, thank you once again for joining us on Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio. Listeners, if you have any questions, or if you would like more information, please send an email to inquiries at wildernesspublications.org. Or you can send a text message to 07944-062-786. If you have the Android app for Voice in the Wilderness, Internet Radio, go to the ebook section and find the title Bible Readings for the Home. At chapter 59, you will find the subject, The Signs of the Times. This chapter will give you more information about today's topic. You can also listen to and download our radio show podcasts at https colon forward slash forward slash voice dash in that's I N for India and for November sorry dash T H E dash wilderness dot podcast page dot IO. If you would like to support Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio financially then please send your donation through our website at vitwradio.org. Click on the page called About Us. You can donate to us there. On next week's show, we will discuss the final part of the subject, The Signs of the Times. Well, that's it for tonight. Until next week, good night 
and God bless. Voice in the Wilderness, Internet Radio. Enlightening the world every week. It's not just knowing about the doctrine in the Bible. That is not what we stand for here. Streaming powerful, biblically-based messages live down the This congregation may never be gathered together again as we see it. Voice in the Wilderness, Internet Radio. Enlightening the world every week.